0: And how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: is felt while they were singing that song the Lord say just one look, look my way one time, just look at me one time and I will change everything about your life if we look at him thank you Jesus thank you Lord I give you praise and glory and honor, thank you for this healing 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 anointing that's here today thank you for it God Uh, we give you praise today and I thank you for the covenant that we walk in with you the covenant God does not break covenant thank you I think that some of us need to rise up and tell the devil who we are Instead of listening to what he says, we need to rise up and tell him, I am a daughter, I am a son of the Most High God. I am love. I am life. I am righteous. Come on, y'all. Because he wants to tell us all the time that we're not worthy, that we're useless, that we're no good, we do everything wrong. He is the father of lies. There is no truth in him. So when he tells you you're no good, you tell him I'm worth the price of Jesus' blood. He paid a huge price for each one of us. And we need to rise up and let him know that we know who we are. Because I'm telling you, that's his greatest fear. Is that the body of Christ is going to rise up and become the body of Christ the manifested sons and daughters of God. Hallelujah. I told y'all last week, just a smidge, (laughs) but Tuesday before last, I woke up, um, and, and when my eyes come open, I looked at the clock was on the ceiling, and it said 333. And I knew immediate, it was like, you know, when you know, this is significant. The time is significant. And so I got up and I went and out to my little prayer chapel that God has blessed me with. And I closed the door and I sat down and just started worshiping him. I just, you know, worshiped. But that 333 didn't leave me. It stayed right there, you know. And I'm So I said, okay, God, what is what is 333? What is this? What's this mean? And so I started searching 333 in Hebrew. And one of the meanings was a spiritual beginning. And I know <laughs> that I know that I know that we just stepped into a new beginning. I heard Paula White saying, I think like yesterday sometime, that when that new season comes, that everything is turbulent. It's just like... You know, and God—that's how God births in a new, a new season. And my goodness, the entire world is in turbulation right now. Is that a word? Is that a word turbulation? Turbulation. <laughs> turbulation. <laughs> we all tore up right now. The entire world, and so—and I know, as well as I'm standing here, that He's ushering in <laughs> this last great move of God. The last great move of God. And we get to be, we get to partake of it. Do y'all know that every single one of us that are on the face of the earth today was put here for a reason? He knew that in this end time when persecution was hitting the church, when I mean the devil was coming with all fours, he's coming at us with everything he's got, he knew that we were going to stand and say, I put you down in the name of Jesus. And the church was going to rise up and become the man. Of, he knew that you were going to rise up and become that manifested son and daughter of God. He put you here for that very reason right there. And the, and the bigger the call, the bigger the fight. Come on. Devil's scared of you is the reason he drug you through hell. Can I just tell you that? He is scared to death of you. That's the reason he drug you through hell. Because he's trying to put you, your fire out it ever got good and started. Hey. Well, back to 333. So I started, God, what 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 are you saying? What are you saying? And um one of the one of the other meanings is to cry out to God, call out to God. And they use Jeremiah 333. Because 3. he says, call out to me and I will show you great and mighty things that you know not of. I'm like, okay, God, show me something. Show me something, God. Show me something. And I was just worshiping him, you know. And he said to me, will you blow the trumpet? Will you sound the alarm? And I said, yes. Yes, I will. And then I looked at Ezekiel 33, 3. Guess what that is? Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm. He said in 33.3, it says when he sees the sword coming up on the land, if he blows the trumpet and warns the people. Well, I read that and I thought, okay, blow the trumpet. Oh, my God. That's what you just said to me. Warn the people. But I had to go back and start reading from the first. Verse 1. Ezekiel 33.1 says, Again the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, speak to the children of your people and say to them, When I bring the sword upon the land, When I bring the sword upon the land, something has come upon the land, the entire world right now. And the people of the land take a man from their territory and make him their watchman. When he sees the sword, the watchman, when he sees the sword coming up on the land, he blows the trumpet and warns the people. Then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be on his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet but did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself, but he who takes warning will save his life, but if the watchman, now see, he just just said to me, will you blow the trumpet, will you sound the alarm, but if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any person From among them he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. And I said yes before I read that. (laughs) I don't want any blood required on my hands. Amen. So I'm like, God, show me what you're talking about. Show me what you're talking about. And then I just heard the sons of Issachar. In Chronicles, one of the Chronicles, Second Chronicles 12, 32, it says these men, these men, there, there is 200,000 men who are putting on their armor and they're getting ready to go to war. They're getting ready to go to battle for David. And this 200 out of 200,000 men knew the times of the Lord. So there's not very many folks <laughs> who are listening and looking to see what time we're in. See that it says, let's go look at it. It's in the old Second Chronicles. I don't know where it is at. Second Chronicles 12:32. that ain't it Anyway, it talks about the sons of Issachar that they discerned the times. And there was a very small, very small group who were looking to see what time it was and it was so the children of Israel or the church would know what to do. First Chronicles. All right, First Chronicles 12:32 want to see it says and the children of Issachar which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do the heads of them were 200 and all their brethren were at their commandment so there's not a lot of people there's not a lot of prophets who are listening for the times of the Lord he says to that you need to have discernment you need to know what's what time you're in what season you're in right and he's telling us to sound the alarm sound the alarm for what (laughs) blow the trumpet for what he's almost here he's almost here he's almost here I'm going to say it again he's almost here But he's coming back for a particular, particular bride. And then he impressed upon me to go to Revelation. And so I turned to the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is the revelation of who he is now. He's no longer that suffering servant. He is the powerful (laughs) king of all kings. He is the Lord of all lords. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he is about to roar. He is about to roar. Woo! Hallelujah. We need to look at the book of Revelation. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Because we saw him as that babe in a manger. He came and he lived that perfect life. That sin-free life. And he laid himself down on that cross. And he paid for every single sin that would ever be committed on the face of the earth for all time. He paid the price for it. And he was that. He was a servant. He came to serve. He said the Son of Man didn't come to be served but to serve. And right before he's fixing to be beaten beyond recognition, he washed the feet of his, of his disciples. He gave of himself. He was continually giving of himself. He'd come to show us how to do it. It was to show us how to lay our self down and do the will of his Father. Amen. So Revelation 1 lets John know who he's talking to. But I started reading two, and this started speaking to me. Um, when we look at these seven churches in Revelation 2 and 3, they were churches at that time in Asia. They were They were full-on churches at that time. But you can also look down through and see the church age. You can see the churches. But you can also see what kind of churches there are today. And then it hit me. You are the church. You. Me. I'm the church. So I need to look at these churches and see where I fit in these churches. Right? Okay. Let's just read a little bit. There was seven of these churches. In verse 1, chapter 2, it says, To the angel, that is to the pastor, to the pastor of the church of Ephesus, Right. These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. You have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have something against you. You have left your first love. What he said right there is you are no longer passionate about me. You're going with the motions. You're just doing. You're doing the work. You're doing the work, but you're going through the motions. Where's the passion? He says. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do your first works, or else I'm coming to you quickly, and I'm going to remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Then he says, "But and I want you to remember this right here. But this you have that you hate, the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate." You hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. Have y'all ever wondered what the heck are the deeds of the Nicolaitans? He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, Hmm. which is in the midst of the paradise of God. To him that overcomes, you're going to get the tree of life. But you're going to have to overcome something. To the angel of the church of Smyrna, write, these things, says the first and the last, who was dead and came to life. I know your works, tribulation, and poverty, but you are rich. They think they're, they have poverty. Matthew 5 talks about those who are poor in spirit. They're going to inherit the kingdom of God. And this is what he's talking about. You are rich because you think you know that you cannot do one thing without him. I can't get up in the morning and function in my day without him if he doesn't touch me in some way. He says, I know your works, your tribulation and poverty, but you are rich. And I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. So we're going to have to overcome something, tribulation. And to the angel of the church of Pergamos, right? Now, y'all, there's seven churches, and five of them he rebukes. Two of them he don't have anything bad to say at all, and I just read one of them. And there's two of them that he don't have anything good to say, nothing good at all. He's talking to his people, okay? He says, verse 12, And to the angel of the church of Pergamos, right? These things says he who has a sharp, two-edged sword, I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, and you hold fast to my name, and did not deny my faith, even in the days in which Antipas, my faithful martyr, who was killed among you, where Satan dwells. He's saying, I know, I know your works, I know that you've held on to my name, and you didn't give in, even when they were killing you. But I have a few things against you, because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols, and to commit sexual immorality. Thus, you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, it's there again, which thing I hate. Twice he said, I hate the doctrine of the nicolaitans and you got some there that hold on to it you got some that follow it repent or else i will come to you quickly and i will fight against them with the sword of my mouth he who has an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches to him who overcomes i will give some i will give some of the hidden manna to eat that talk about bread of life and i will give him a white stone And a new name, which no one knows except him who receives it. And to the angel of the church of Thyatira write, These things says the Son of God, who has eyes like the flame of fire and his feet like brass, fine brass. I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. The glory of the latter house is going to be greater than the former. Nevertheless, I got a few things against you because you allow that woman, Jezebel, who who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into the sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into the great tribulation. "'unless they repent of their deeds. "'I will kill her children with death, "'and with all the churches shall know "'that I am he who searches the minds and hearts, "'and I will give to each one of you "'according to your works. "'Now to you I say, (laughs) "'and to the rest of Thyatira, "'as many as do not have this doctrine, "'who have not known the depths of Satan, "'as they say, "'I will put on you no other burden.' But hold fast what you have till I come. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like a potter's vessel, as I also have received from my Father. And I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. We're talking about us this morning, okay? Chapter three, verse one, it says unto the angel of the church of Sardis, write, These things says he who has the seven stars of God and the seven the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know the hour that I will come upon you. You have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life and I will not and I will confess his name before my father and before his angels he who has an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches so we have to overcome we can't just fall into the trap we have to overcome and to the angel of the church of Philadelphia now this is the one you want belong to these things says he who is holy He who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it, for you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not but lie indeed i will make them come and worship before your feet and you know that i have and they know that i have loved you because you have kept my command to persevere i also will keep you from the hour of trial which will come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth behold i am coming quickly hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. Hey, day that's the church that I want to be found in, but I'm telling you, I found myself in other churches. I didn't find myself so much in this one, but I found myself in some of the other ones. Whenever it says right here, you have a little strength. You have a little dunamis. You have little power. That doesn't mean a tiny, teeny, weeny bit. You're just barely getting by. It means you're young. You're young. Did y'all just hear me? He's talking to this church, and he said you have young power because you have just come in to the things of God. That's that new generation that we're talking about right now that's going to raise up from the depths of hell. They're raising up right now. Yes, they're tattooed. They're scarred. They're pierced. They got pink and green hair. Yeah, they do. And they're old. Some of them is old. We've been drawn through hell. But they come out of it with the fire of God all over them. I was, when Apostles had that dream about that that wave you remember that guy that had that vision of that wave that come in and he said the the ones riding that wave didn't look like what you think church looks like when when apostle Darla went to heaven and she saw that new breed rising up out of the field the harvest field they didn't look like no church folk religion they didn't look like that their hair wasn't cut properly. Come on, Some of them their faces are gonna be tattooed. But the thing is, <laughs> He brought them out of hell and yes, that song, that song about the scars. Yes, Jesus' is scars, but you got scars too. You've got scars, Paul said, don't mess with me because I got the scars. I got scars to prove. That I've come through. He said, Go, don't, don't mess with me. And he was a Pharisee that got saved and followed Jesus. 100%. He laid down everything. He said, All this stuff that I know, I counted as poop. It ain't worth nothing any more than poop. That's what he said. I mean, that's the Bible. All of my knowledge isn't worth anything. He said, I don't come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom. Come to you. we got to come in the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost, which is exactly what that church right there was doing. That church in Philadelphia, that's the one. You say, God, that's the one I want to belong to, the church of Philadelphia. Y'all go back. I'm going to give you an assignment. Y'all go back this week and you read about these churches and you say, God, where am I? Because you are the body of Christ, which is the church. Okay, we, we got that? We know. I am the body of Christ, which is the church. He is the head of the body, which is the church. So if he's talking to the church, he's talking to me individually as a whole. He's talking to me. So, God, where am I? And I don't want to be in this next one. And to the angel, verse 14, and to the angel of the church of Laodicea and right, these things says the amen and faithful and true witness, the beginning of creation of God. I know your works, that you're neither hot nor cold. I would that you were cold or hot. Just pick one and be it. So then, Because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Do you know what that means, literally? It means that you look like something, but you ain't. And people think they're getting something, but they don't. We have a form of godliness and no power. We have fig tree with no figs. And he cursed that thing, and he said, you will never again produce fruit. That's what that is. See, he said, will you blow the trumpet? Will you sound the alarm? Because it's not long, and he's coming. But he's got to clean. We've got to get right. We've got to get things going. Somebody is calling me, and everybody I know knows I preach on Sunday morning. But my phone is going crazy over here. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, he says, I wish that you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I'm rich and you have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, and blind. And you're naked. The emperor got new clothes. That's what I think. He thinks he's so fine and he's so, you know, strutting through and whoop whoop. And you naked parading through the streets and everybody in town sees you. Come on, they know. This generation knows. <laughs> you ain't fooling this generation. You ain't fooling them. And you can act like you, big old Christian, going to church when you want to oh gosh Mm-mm. oh no 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 come on hey shakabase but we get so busy you know i'm just too busy i'm so busy i'm busy ah Lukewarm is about me. It ain't about Jesus. It's about me. My situation, my life, my stuff. My, 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 my. Yes, my, 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 my. my. It's about we're wrapped up in self. I know some Christians. And it's like you want to talk about Jesus, you want to talk about the things of God, but every conversation gets pulled right back to their stuff and what they're going through and how horrible life is. And everybody goes through. We all go through. But we got to come out of that. We got to come out of that. And like I said just a minute ago, you need to stand up and tell the devil who you are. I am a daughter of the most high God. I have been taken out of the pit of hell. Yes I have. I have been translated from the kingdom of darkness. Sin don't have no dominion over me anymore. Tell him who you are. You got to rise up and stop taking everything he's dishing out. I can't wait till the day we see him and we go uh, that. That right there had me shaking. Man, if I'd have known that's what he looked like, I'd have stumped on him. Y'all remember them shoes? Them shoes of peace? They got them spikes in them. And if he happens to get in your way, what do you do? You make mincemeat out of him. Stop taking his, I want to say, C-R-A-P. Stop taking it. He makes me mad. He makes me real mad. See, that church, that church always, they, th- they, they all worried about getting a new car, getting a new house, getting a new this, getting a new that. Jesus don't mind blessing you. You can't out give him. He's the biggest giver ever, ever, ever. And he takes care of his own. But you know what? He ain't concerned with your new car. He is not concerned with your new house. He ain't concerned with your new job. You know what he's concerned with? Souls going to hell. And us living like we got something when we ain't. He said, oh, Jesus. He said in verse uh, 18, I counsel you. Come, buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich. That reminds me of those ten virgins. They had to go buy some oil. When we're supposed to be full up, see what he told the church of Ephesus, you've left your first love. Well, I wonder if Laodicea ever knew the love, <laughs> you know. He says, you need to buy some gold. You need to buy some oil. Come on, get down on your face. Come on, church, my church. But, he, but he, he doesn't get on to them. He just says, repent. I just want you to repent. And even right there where he says, I chasten you and I rebuke you, that don't have nothing to do with punishment. All he says is, I want to train you. Come on. Come sit at my feet for a little while. Just one look. Just one look at me and just one look from me. And everything changes. Everything. Ha. Everything changes with that one look. But let's go back and find out what those Nicolaitans did. Y'all said y'all want to know what the Nicolaitans did. That word means conqueror of people or abuser of people. Destroyer of people, that's what it means. Destroyer of people. The Nicolaitans taught compromise. That's what they taught was compromise. Whatever makes what feels good to you. Actually, what they actually taught is you can be a Christian, you can serve Jesus Christ, and you can also go to the temple of Diana or whoever and sacrifice to a demon. And you're okay. We actually should go over there. We should become friends with them. We should because we can win some. They taught us to look like the world so you can win the world. That is the opposite of what Jesus says. He says you're in it, but you ain't of it, and I don't want you looking like it or smelling like it either. I don't want you talking like it. I don't want you to become part of the world. I don't want you getting the world on you. I don't want you smelling like the world. I want you to buy gold from me. I want you to look at me. I want you to set your face like a flint toward me and have eyes for no one but me. And I will take you to all these places, and I will do all of this to you. She just sang it when she's. I was like, oh, my God. No, was that you or her? One of you just said, if you'll look at me, have eyes and see, I'm going to take you and show you things you never thought you'd see. It was a really good rhyme, and I knew it was God when it was said, but <laughs> I can't remember it. Monica from the whenever she gave that word. If we just look at him, if I just put my focus on him. And you know what? This new thing that's coming, we ain't never seen it before and we don't know how to do it. But if we keep our focus on him, not on people, on him, then he gonna bring we gonna catch that wave, Apostle, we gonna catch that wave. I'm gonna ride that wave and some of us gonna be dancing on that wave. And when that wave hit, and it come out, it spit out the religious. It spit them out. All those that were sitting there going, "That ain't God." Them people don't look right. That ain't God. Them people don't dress right. Her skirt's too short. That ain't God. She married the wrong color. That ain't God. How about I ain't talked to God in three weeks? That ain't God. See, we say that we're okay, we don't, we don't partake of the teachings of the Nicolaitans because I don't live in sexual sin. Um, let's see. I don't thieve. I don't smoke, drink, cuss, or hang out with those who do. Um, man, I'm good. Uh, let's see, what else do I not do? I don't club. I don't be clubbing. Ooh, 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 ooh. Oh, that reminds me of them things sacrificed to idols. Well, what the world does that do have to do with today? That right there. Because that music in that movie was sacrificed to idols. The devil. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. But it's, see, it's okay. It's okay for me do that because you know I'm saved I'm saved I just know that he's drawing a line in my life he's drawing the line and he says he's coming back for a church that was has no spot, no wrinkle no blemish and that wrinkle has to do with this right here, your character the way we live what I do when ain't nobody looking cause he's looking and 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 we got a harvest to reap. And if I'm lukewarm I can't reap it. Don't nobody want to be like me. Don't nobody want to be that way. Lukewarm is sick. When you think you're getting a cold, refreshing glass of ice water and you turn it up and it's been sitting in the truck for, you know, and it's like ugh, ugh. Or you pick up your coffee. Now I happen to like iced coffee, but you pick up your cup of coffee and you think it's gonna be hot and it's That's no good for anything. That's no good for anything. But we think we're okay. We think we're okay because God's blessing me. No, you're just working 60 hours a week. Oh, Oh, oh. Jesus hates compromise. He hates compromise. And we need to ask him, what is compromise in my life? Because I guarantee you, for every single one of us, it's different. There's things in my life that he's dealt with, and I don't do them anymore. I have, I have overcome them. But there's other things he's still dealing with. And it says right there in one of those scriptures that you hold to the doctrine of Balaam. Hold means you've been told about it, and you refuse to give it up. Ooh. Yeah. If we have been told and we refuse to give it up God grant us repentance grant you know he has to grant you repentance God grant us repentance I want to be <laughs> I want to be that church that's spewing fire out of my mouth I want to be that church that that says come out and then people are like what Be the church the world hates. Now there's a goal. That's a life goal. Be the church the world hates. Ha. They don't hate you if you blend in. They don't hate you if you blend in. If we look like them, do what? (laughs) Well, I know somebody says sometimes we got to go down your street. Well, James 4, 4 says, if you are a friend of the world, you set yourself up as an enemy of God. So if I become a friend of the world, and I look like the world, and I act like the world, and I smell and talk like the world, and I do everything the world does, I cheat, I fudge just a smidge on my taxes, not much, it's just a smidge, or I pad my out my check, you know, my hourly rate, whatever. I didn't clock in in years. So I don't really know how you do that. Say I come to work at 7, but I'm really there at 7.10. I'm so sorry. But that's compromise. That's compromise. See, compromise is a little more serious than what we think. We think it's living in sin of some sort. But that is sin. That is sin. We got to get back. See, the Nicolaitans taught that it was okay. You can do whatever you need to do to reach that soul. You can drunk with them. You can drug with them. You can even sex them. But you can win them that way. That's what they taught. You ain't going to win me either. I'm thinking you done lost it. But see that that right there produces a powerless version of church. A powerless version. But he's coming back, y'all. And it's not going to be long. I feel it in my bones. See, he he made a cry out for these churches right here and then all hell broke loose. Read it. He made a cry for these churches. He said, write this to these churches, and then all hell broke loose. Tribulation came, and I do believe that the door has cracked open. We are right on the edge. Time is running out. It's 5 o'clock. It's a minute before midnight. Time's running out, and we got to sound the alarm. We got to blow the trumpet. We got to tell the church God's inheritance is going to hell. Jesus' inheritance is going to hell while I sit on my pew. While I sit here and say, God, you got to bless me. I need one more blessing. I need you to touch me. Lord, I need you to touch me. And his inheritance is going to hell. And I do believe that this next move is a huge evangelistic move. Huge evangelistic. If we're not concerned about souls, then we need to be concerned about ourselves. We need to be concerned about me. See, this? the Nicolaitans would teach that we don't have to teach about sin. It produces a sin-free, no-need-of-repentance church. Listen to the world today. Listen to most churches. We have to include everyone. We have to be intolerant. We have to accept all. No, we're supposed to get them free. (laughs) We love them. Love them unconditionally. Love them. Show them the love of Christ because that is who I am. If He's in you, If you're in him, that is who you are. You are love. And if we can't love, then we need to check ourselves. I'm talking to us in the church, not the sinner. I'm talking to us. He said if you don't love, then God is not in you. So I have to love. I have to find myself more concerned with others than I am me. I don't want to set myself up as an enemy of God. I don't want that at all. I'm scared of that. I don't want to become like the world. That's why he says don't conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. See, it's easy for us to conform to the world. But you know what? When I thought of this when you said, I thought it both times that I heard your dream. When you said, um, someone said that if, if you get on that wave, it's going to be hard to come back. Yeah, when you get on that wave, you can't go back. You cannot go back. There won't be no going back. When we get on that wave, we're riding that thing straight to glory. We ain't going back into no religion. We ain't going back in there where the devil lives. The devil is religion. That is Satan's playground. I believe that's his house, Is religion. He lives in religion. That's his home. That's his domain, Is religion. And religion tries to water Jesus Christ down, tries to water the church down. And he said in the last days there was going to be a great falling away because people want their ears tickled. They don't want to hear that you've got to live holy, that you've got to live this way, yeah. that we've got to just fall in love with him, and it takes care of everything else. Fall in love with him. Get in that secret place. Develop that relationship with him, and it takes care of all of that, all of it. Seek him first, and everything else comes to me, everything. I don't have a need for anything, not one thing. And it's because he's trying to teach me how to seek him. And I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to seek him with all of my being. And sometimes I don't get it right. Sometimes I don't. But he is real merciful. Thank you, Jesus that every day I can get up and there's new mercy. He's not looking at what I did yesterday. He's trying to help me become like him. That's what he's trying to do. Help me become like him. So this is a warning for my church. My church. His church, his body, his people. Don't look like the world anymore. Stop divorcing your covenant partner. Stop it. That's a world thing. That's a world thing. We got to stop. I've been divorced. Y'all, I ain't judging nobody. I divorced that man. Because sometimes we do stupid things. But I'm talking about you're in the church. You're in the body then we don't do it. We work through our problems. We work through those difficult things. Because he's with me and he strengthens me and he gives me power. Hallelujah. He says, stop and repent while there's still time. And today is the day of salvation. Today is. There's time right now, but we're not going to have time much longer. We're not. We're not going to have time much longer. And I want to be that church where he says, Man, you stuck it out through thick and thin and you never gave up on me and you kept your face toward me like you was focused on me and I'm going to snatch you out of all that tribulation. I'm going to take you out of that because you had power. You walked in power. You got the captive set free. You healed the sick and I'm going to raise a dead but I got to lay my hands on one. So he cried out for these churches and then... Woo, it happened. It happened. We are in the birth pains, and they're getting closer and stronger. And we got to, I'm making a call for the church to turn back to God, turn back to living holy, turn back, become that powerful church that he's coming back for with no compromise in our life. No compromise whatsoever. No compromise. Stop being infatuated with the things of the world. Like gossip. Okay? See, sometimes it feels like I have to, because I don't do no gross sin. You know, we don't do gross sin. But are we offended? Are we offended at anybody? compromise. It's okay for me to be mad at my brother or sister. It's okay for me to say hurtful things to my brother or my sister because I just don't feel it today. Oh God, he always gets preaching to me. I can just say whatever I want to because I'm, I don't know, 90 and people expect it. Or I'm two. And people expect it. Shekaraimase. That's compromise. Do you know what the word compromise means? Blending of two qualities that are different. God and the world. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. I can't blend the two. That's compromise. Anything that is not God's kingdom. I cannot do I cannot do I cannot do help us God help us help us help us help us come out of compromise help me to realize that if I bless you and then say something hurtful to something that you created I have compromised if I bless you with my mouth and then with my same mouth I say something about you know But He created him, and they're in the image of Him. And so I can't be saying stuff about my brothers and sisters, even before they become my brothers and sisters, because they are still God's inheritance. They're His inheritance. And if we walk, that, that thing that that man said, casual Christians will become casualties, <laughs> will not leave me. It will not leave me. If we are just casual, lukewarm about our relationship with Jesus, we're going to become casualties in these last days. Because if I can't stand for him now when there isn't any persecution, what am I going to do when there is? I mean, when they're, you know, threatening to kill me or my loved one. Okay. I can no longer pursue my selfish desires. I can no longer do that. I have to walk with my heart ablaze for him, with my eyes for only him, in love deeply and passionately for him. That's why he said, return to your first love. Become passionate about me again. God, help us. I just ask you, Father, in the name of That is above every name in the name of Jesus to grant us repentance, God, and show us where we have compromised in our life, God. That if I'm not walking in the full power of God, there's compromise in some area. And I have to get it right, Father. And I repent now for compromise. I repent right now, God, for walking in compromise, for gossiping, for saying things about my brother and sister, for doing all kinds of things, God, for doing things when nobody was looking because it would be okay, nobody's going to find out. To, to all the way up to gross sin, God, I repent, I repent for the body of Christ. I repent for us, God, asking that you grant us this repentance because we walk in covenant with him. We are in covenant with him. We are a covenant people. We just ate the covenant meal. We just ate that covenant meal, and that thing said that everything that is mine becomes yours, and everything that is yours becomes mine. So I take that. He said we take that that body and that blood into us, and we accept the covenant. And I ask you, Father, to show us, show me, show me where I'll compromise, God. Show me where I'm not living right, God. Show me where I'm not concerned about yours. Show me, God. Show me where I'm not concerned about your kingdom. Show me where I'm more concerned about my life than I am yours. Show me where I'm more concerned about a, a movie star or a singer than I am Jesus Christ who died for me. Who died for me. He died for me. And he rose again in the power of Holy Ghost. And he said, go to Jerusalem and tarry until you receive power to do the same thing. Basically, that's what he said. Go and receive power so you can do the same thing that I just did. Lay your life down for your friends. Because that's what he did. He laid his life down. There was no compromise in him. There was no guile found on his lips. That means he didn't gossip about anybody. He didn't disguise it with a prayer request. Forgive us, God. Forgive us, God. Forgive us, God. I repent for the body of Christ. I repent for us, God. I repent for us, God. Let the blood of Jesus speak for the body of Christ that we would come out of compromise. Come out of compromise. Come out of compromise. Come out of the doctrines of the Nicolaitans. Come out of compromise. Come out. Stop holding on to it because it feels good for you. Come out. Come out of it. Come out of compromise. Help us, God. My heart has to be coldly, completely, 100% yours. I can't give a piece of it to anything else. I have to give you my whole heart, whole thing. That's what you're coming back for. Forgive us, God. 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 We want to walk in your power, God. We want to walk in your power, God. I want fire coming out of my mouth, God. I want to walk in your power. I don't want to just spit out scripture because I've memorized the Bible. I want to live the Bible. I want to live it. I want it to apply it to my heart. I want to walk in it. When I say something, I want the Spirit of God to be on it, to penetrate that Spirit, so that Spirit can become awakened to the things of God. We want to walk in the power of God so that we can snatch his inheritance out of the grip of the enemy. Forgive us, God. Hey, forgive us, God. Yet see. Take it all, God. Take it all.